0: The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracetysd.com. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just acknowledge this morning that You are good and that You are God. Um, And God, we're just so grateful that You call us Yours that you call us your people. We are the sheep of your pasture and there's no better place that we could be. Um so God, we just this morning we turn our affection to you. We turn our eyes to you, Lord, through whatever might be going on in our own lives and through all that's going on just in the world right now. God, we have reason to praise you. We always have reason to give you thanks and to make a joyful noise to you. Um so we do that this morning. We just say thank you and we praise you and you are holy and good. And so God, we just ask that this morning would be a time of worship for us, would be a time of reverence for your church, for your flock. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. And you know what? We're looking forward to seeing you again soon. I want you to know that we are working hard at some plans for whenever we are able to gather together again, and we're looking forward to that. We recognize that there are a whole lot of different issues and a lot of things to consider, but we are working hard on reopening plans whenever that day comes, and we're hoping that it comes very, very soon. It's a, you know, if you're like me, this is getting pretty old. I was reading in the newspaper this week, the newspaper, it was on Twitter, but I went to the link. It was a New York Post. The New York Post had an article that said, nostalgic for airline food? Now you can get it by DoorDash. I thought to myself, who's nostalgic for airline food? Have we been gone from civil society for so long that the old horrors we are now romanticizing and you can just get it by delivery? We have got to get back. So anyway. Uh, I hope that uh, we're back soon. At the same time, we do want to make sure that we recognize with all of the different pressures that are going on, that there are many people among us, even in our own church, who are suffering because of this for different reasons. And those reasons are true. They are real. We've had some people lose relatives to COVID-19, and we've had people lose their jobs in this uh, system. So there's a lot of people who are really hurting. So please keep our church in your prayers and rem- and just be sensitive to that as we think about these things and as people debate different ways to get back together. Well, one of the things that we are hoping we can accomplish, there are many during this period of time, is to grow in our faith and to grow closer to God in ways that maybe we thought we never could or maybe we didn't even realize that we needed to. That's one of the great things about going through the book of Psalms. When we do our Psalm series, we're realizing something that God is near. And this idea that a transcendent God of the universe who is Holy, who is the creator, that He wants a relationship with you, that He wants a relationship with us, and it's personal. That's something very unique to Christianity, that God is personal in this way and knows you and loves you, and wants to be a part of your family. And we are invited to be in this relationship with God. We are His friends, and this is made possible by His Son. You know, the basic idea is that we were created for this relationship, this was the purpose. And we chose to break the trust in that relationship and we were unable to restore it on our own. So God sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and do this restoration on our behalf. And so all that who believe in him would have everlasting life, life in perfection and relationship with God forever. And that's an exciting thing. And that's what we're about. And this is the God we want you to know. We want you to push away clutter or other things that you have worried about with God or experiences with church or experiences with other believers that maybe didn't reflect who God is and instead be in his word and really understand who God is and know that all of us believers are flawed and need the same savior, that every person on this earth needs the same savior. We're all made in the image of God and he sent Jesus so that whoever believes in him can have eternal life. When we realize that and that God is near to us that way, we can have grace for each other and grace even for ourselves that we need so much. Well, during this series, our prayer is that we can expand this vision of the greatness of God, that we would understand and encounter his nearness in our prayers, that we would realize that he is worthy of our praise, that he is worthy of our lament, that he is worthy of our thanksgiving and even worthy of our anger if we're frustrated. He's worthy of our trust and our confession and he's worthy of our worship in every season, even when it's windy, even when it's stormy, even when the sun is out, whatever season you're in, God is worthy of your praise and all of these things. Today, I wanna talk about praise. As we look to today's text, we see that praising God is an essential part of our relationship with Him, and praise completes the system of thanksgiving and honor and friendship. A question I'm asking for us today is, how can I develop a basis for praise in my prayer life and in my connection with God each day? You heard Psalm 100, I'm gonna read it again. It's short, it's only five verses. You could memorize the whole thing. It begins this way, a Psalm, It's so encouraging to read that. It's very simple. The first point I want to make today is that we are a people who need praise. Maybe you've never thought about that or maybe you don't even like to say that, but you do. If you open up social media today, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the others, you would see it. You could post a picture of your kid and people, what do they do? They click the like button and you post a funny statement or you post a thought and you hope you get likes. You hope you get the little heart symbol. You hope that you get... People reflecting that they've read it and they're identifying with you. They're acknowledging that, that you are there, that they appreciate what you've done and you like it. And, you know, a, a struggle that many of us have is that we post something and we get frustrated if we don't get enough likes. And it seems to be what we want to live for. There's too many, too much of that going on. But it goes to a basic idea that we are a people who need praise. We need praise and we also like to praise others. I like clicking the like button on stuff that I see on there. I hate it when it's something I don't really like and I accidentally hit the like thing because I'm scrolling. It's like, oh no, I got to unlike it. But I do like to give praise and I really like to acknowledge, hey, this is great that this is going on in your life or hey, that's funny or hey, I'll pray for you about that. And uh, to be able to relate that way, this is something that we do. We like to praise others and we like to do it in person. And it's so meaningful when we encourage one another. You know, the scriptures teach us to encourage and the scriptures are always discouraging of of criticism. And yet it's so easy to criticize and it's not a good time for that right now. There's people who are hurting in tremendous ways. I wanna encourage you to make sure that you are being an encouraging person during all of this. I remember one time I was at uh, Costco, that's a surprise, and I was with John when he was little and we were potty training him. So I ran him into the Costco restroom and uh, he did what he needed to do. And in Costco, he kept telling everybody, hey, I pooped on the potty. Hey, I pooped on the potty. And he was enjoying the praise that he was getting. And they kept saying, oh, that's so great. He even told the sample lady, hey, I pooped on the potty. And you know what? She liked to praise, so she got right into it. And she said, well, good for you. Because you did that, I'm gonna give you an extra piece of this wonderful maple bacon that your dad can get at door 207 behind me. See, we love it. We like to do this. We are moved to praise the things that we love and admire and the things that bless us and also the people that bless us. Praise is an important part of life and it matters. It feels good to do it. It feels good to receive it. It's a great thing, praise. We need to do more of it. It's great to receive, but it's even greater to give it. We are a people who need to praise. C.S. Lewis wrote a book reflecting on the Psalms and in one chapter, he reflects on the topic of praise. This is what he says. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is or to come suddenly at the turn of a road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then to have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than for a tin can in the ditch or to hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. And Lewis concludes in the chapter that we need praise and we need to express that praise. And his point is this, that expressing our praise completes the enjoyment. And isn't that true? When we express our praise for something, when we receive it for something that we put out there, it completes the enjoyment of that experience. We are a people who need praise. And the second point though is this, that praising God completes our enjoyment of him. Praising God completes our enjoyment of him. We are a people who need to praise God. We need to praise God because he's worthy of it. There's no one like him, his transcendence, his imminence. You know, some people have looked at God's need for praise and his desire that you praise him as some kind of um, insecurity on God's part. It's such a strange thing. C.S. Lewis wrote about that too. He said, the miserable idea that God should in any sense need or crave for our worship, like a vain woman wanting compliments or a vain author presenting his new books to people who never met or heard of him. you know, Even if God needed it, why would he come to us? We're so lowly. Lewis would write, just like I don't want my dog to bark approval of my books. But see, in God commanding us to praise and glorify him, what he's doing is he's inviting us to enjoy him. He's inviting us to complete the relationship with him. We are called to praise God, but in doing so, we are invited to come and fully enjoy who he is, to capture his beauty and power and all of the things that are great about God. He is our friend, he is our confident, as well as our creator and our provider. So how do we praise? Well, Psalmist tells us here, verse one and two, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. He uses these words, shout, gladness, joyful. This is normally how we're praising God. There are lots of Psalms that are about lament. We're gonna go over some of those later where it's not quite as joyful, although you still have the joy of the Lord. It's maybe not quite as exciting to do that, but it's still something that's wonderful to be able to do that because God is our friend. God is our confident and he is present and he wants to hear those things. But here the Psalmist is saying, shout for joy to the Lord. You know, biblical worship, when you see it, It's always expressive. It's loud usually with music and with voices. In the book of Ezra, he describes the temple worship in this way. He says, the noise of the worship of God was being heard far away because people were praising God so loudly. The command says for us to shout, this command to shout our praises to the Lord. It appears 60 times in scripture. The same word here used for shout. It's an interesting word. It's the same word that is used for battle cry. That it isn't just a loud noise for without meaning. It's a battle cry. Do you ever think of your praise of God as a battle cry or when you're singing songs that we, we just sang or you sing them together when we're in church where it's a lot easier to sing louder for sure. Do you ever think of it as a battle cry? That is what it is. You can look at it in a couple ways. The battle cry can be done in victory. And you can be praising God. Thank you, God, for delivering me. Thank you, God, for saving me. It's a great thing to shout that out to the Lord. It's so meaningful. But a battle cry is also something you do in struggle when the battle isn't going well, when you feel like you're losing the war and you cry out to God, my God, where are you? I am afraid. I need to understand I am beaten. I am lost, Lord, save me. See, that's worship too. And you can do that for joy because He is present. This is what shouting for joy is, it's a battle cry. And when we shout for joy, when we praise the Lord, it's meant to be done expressively. It's very personal. Have you ever done that? I mean, really prayed out loud, shouted for joy somewhere. Maybe it's hard to do in a church environment. Maybe it's hard to do in your living room or in your car if you're watching this on your phone. But you know, I would encourage you to get up your nerve to praise God loudly, whatever that means where you are. If you're like me, one of the things I've done a few times in my life is I have gone somewhere by myself where I can actually praise God out loud or just say my prayers out loud or talk to God out loud. I've done it in good times and bad times. Years ago, I was at a uh, camp. It's called Campus by the Sea. I think some of you have been there with InterVarsity, and I was in InterVarsity then. I went for this long walk. I was going through something difficult, just college stuff, you know, and I went for this long walk on a rocky beach. The beaches weren't that great to swim on back then. And I remember just crying out to the Lord, God help me with this situation. It was the beginning of the week. The end of the week, we get mail throughout the week. And the letter where I really needed an answer to, the letter I was praying for showed up on the last day before we left. And I'll never forget this. I was so overjoyed that God had answered my prayer. And there was a strange thing that happened because the letter was delayed all week. And I was so it was mailed way in advance. I should have got it the first part of the week. It didn't come to the last day. I grabbed that letter and I read it. And I knew I needed to go praise the Lord. And so I climbed this mountainside and it was this crazy thing. I thought I need to go somewhere high and I just need to go somewhere where I can shout to the Lord. So I, I climbed up this mountainside on, on Catalina Island and I almost died doing it. I'm climbing up, it's mostly ice plant. The plants are pulling out. And I'm having a hard time just holding onto the rock. And I climb and I climb and I'm getting all scraped up and cut up and there's creatures crawling on me. I finally get to the top. And I'll never forget being relieved that I didn't die. I mean, one time I fell. I thought it felt like a hundred feet. It was probably five feet, but it was really frightening. I finally get to the top, and I praise God for what He had done. I had my arms up. I'm all by myself. I don't think anybody saw me or even heard me. Man, that was a great moment I had there. And then God and I had a laugh when I turned around and noticed that there was a little trail. I could have just walked up there without any difficulty. Anyway, have you ever had that kind of experience? I'll say I haven't had that. That often, I'm going back a lot of years for that particular experience, but it was so meaningful and rich, it still is to me today. I get that when I read a Psalm like this, shout for joy of the Lord. You know, too often our praise of God gets relegated to a liturgy, It gets relegated to something that is very formal sometimes. Sometimes you go to church and there's a very formal order of service. In our church, in a lot of churches, it's very informal, but you pretty much know what's coming if you've been coming regularly. And you sort of understand this. And the problem with it is it becomes routine. Our praise of God should never be routine. Even if it is formalized, even if it's written down in a particular order, order is fine, it's how we get through things, but never let it be just part of the routine. Refresh yourself every time with the words to those songs and sing them to God, he's your audience. Praise should not be a religious practice. What it is, is it's a battle cry bursting forth from life's realities. It is a battle cry about the relationship with you and the living God and whatever is going on in your life right now. The psalmist continues in verse three, he says, know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us. And we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Do you know that the Lord is God? Seems like a weird question, but it's a reminder because we so often lower God to be like one of us. And why should I praise you? You haven't done this for me. We have this weird transaction like it's a business transaction with the Lord sometimes. I'll do this for you if you do this back. That's not the way it's meant to be. Do you know that the Lord is God? He made you and you are his and we are his people. This is a big deal and He is the leader who asks us to follow Him. And where do we follow Jesus, our Savior? We follow Him through life. We follow Him through this life with purpose into death that is not the end because we are promised everlasting life and we come up out of the grave. We follow Him out of the grave into this everlasting life. This is our hope. This is what we are made for. This is what God has done for us and provided for us. That when we put our faith and our trust in Him, we have this to look forward to. It's a great reason to praise the Lord, regardless of what our circumstances are. To know that he is God, that he made us, we are his people, people, the sheep of His pasture. You know, there's a basis for talking to God in our prayers. And this is a hindrance that lots of people have with how do I pray? We need to know what the basis is for praising God, for even just praying to God or talking to God about anything. You know, there's a basis for talking to anybody right? Anybody you have a conversation with anywhere, there's some kind of basis. There's some kind of relationship you have that's based on something. When, if you go to a mall, which apparently you can go to now, some of the malls, you know, and, uh, but if you remember going to the shopping mall, if you wanted to ask somebody where something was, if you walked up to somebody and said, hey, where's the Apple store? You know, that person would probably tell you. They would say, oh, it's around the corner. It's on level five. Or they would say, I don't know. Or they would say, there's a directory over there. Go check it out. But they would know how to respond to you even if you asked a total stranger where's the apple store they understand how to respond to you you're a customer they've been there before they know what it's like to not be able to find the place that you're looking for there's a basis for that conversation but if you were to go up to the same person and say hey i got these weeds in my yard and i need you to come over and tell me what kind they are for a class i'm taking they would look at you like you're crazy why are you asking me this there's no basis for that kind of conversation there it would be really odd. In fact, you should try it. Go to the mall and just ask them some totally off-base questions. I do that all the time, it's a lot of fun. People don't know how to respond. See, you wanna have the right basis. What's our basis for praying to God? Jesus tells us. He tells us in the Lord's Prayer. He tells us in the garden. He tells us at Lazarus's tomb. He tells us on the cross. Our basis for prayer is that God is our Father then we're praying to God. The basis for that conversation is that he is our father, that this is a relationship, that he is our good father. This is a family relationship. And so when I go to talk to God, I'm not talking to somebody who's just like a king where I'm gonna stumble over my words and wonder what to say and hope I don't offend and hope I know the protocol's right and hope I can be eloquent enough. He is a king. That's not the basis for our prayers. Our prayers are that he is our father. It's different when you go and you pray and you realize this. He is other things, but he is our father. It's about our personal relationship to him. And he wants as our father to hear our stuff, good and the bad. As a father, I wanna hear whatever's going on in my kid's life. They're getting older to that point where I know there's gonna be a few years but they're probably not gonna to talk to me very much. And I hate it that that's coming up. I'm trying to develop that relationship now so we'll have that period of time be shorter God, a good father, he wants to hear everything that's on your heart. Good, bad, he wants to hear every part of your day. And he loves you that way. See, if you understand that that's the basis for your conversation with the Lord, that he's your father, your prayers get better. You open up more and you realize that there's a whole lot more and you have a whole much bigger ability to praise him because you have the basis right. If you get that basis down, your prayer life will grow tremendously. Verse four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Is praising God for you just a routine or is it something spontaneous that you do when you're aware of reminded what he did for you? How does this work for you? Is it important to you? You know, it's an important thing to praise the Lord. It's important, right, that you praise your kids. It's important to praise your employees, to praise your little league team when you used to have one of those, when they do a good job. It's important to give praise and it's important to praise. And it's why we need it. And it completes a relationship. It completes a relationship when there is a longing for the response. You see, we hope when we pass away and you hear this at funerals all the time, what do we hope that God says to us when we get to see him? We hope he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, it completes a relationship. We need his feedback to what's going on. Sometimes in our prayers, we get feedback that we don't necessarily like, but we need it. Just like a good father who corrects our way. And sometimes we go to our prayers and we get this wonderful grace and encouragement, and that's something that we need and we get from God. And He needs our praise because it completes that relationship when we tell Him how great He is, how wonderful He is, and we thank Him for everything that He has done. When we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise, and we praise His name for who He is see, it's all part of a great and functioning and healthy relationship that you can have with God. The psalmist here is showing us exactly how to do this in just five verses. We must praise God and thank him continuously. And finally, praising God refocuses us on our hope. Verse four and five, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Only God's love endures forever through all generations. You know, my love and your love, it's not gonna endure forever in this temporal circumstance. Even if you have perfect love, which you won't, you're gonna make mistakes. But even if you are perfect through your life, you're gonna die at some point will end. But God's love never ends. Never. And when we think about this, we realize that our hope is in that. That the hope that we have is that this isn't it. That coronavirus, the shutdown, all this stuff, this isn't it. This isn't all there is. That there is, this is just a blip. This is hardly anything in the scheme of everlasting life that you have. You see, there is tremendous hope in knowing that no matter how things turn out, No matter how it is that we come back to church, however you go back to the mall, however Little League happens again, however you watch sporting events, however your health is, whatever is going on, God's love endures forever. It will never change and you always have it through Christ. This is worthy of praising God. This is worthy of praising him and singing our battle cry because it reminds us of mission. It refocuses us on the hope and why we live our life and our purpose for every single day. That's why we praise him. It's so important. We praise him and you know, it's a big deal. It's even bigger than just us. The psalmist, another psalmist also writes that it's a call to the nations for what, to tell them what he has done. Psalm nine eleven, sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion, proclaim among the nations what he has done. You see, our songs they, in praise, they communicate a lot. And when we give God thanks for things that happens, it communicates a whole lot singing is actually preaching did you know that that we learn so much from the songs that we sing you know popular music of all kinds it preaches doesn't and it preaches the idols of our country a lot of the time it just does sex partying boyfriends and girlfriends even our country when we're praising that the church has to respond with its praise it has to respond with its songs the discipline to learn the, the, the songs of Christ, the same way that we learn our popular songs. I like a lot of popular music. And I know you do too. And you can sing along with some people that you like. And maybe you should, or maybe you shouldn't. You know, there's Taylor Swift and there's Katy Perry. Or maybe for some of you, there's, I don't know, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Don't make fun of me. It's not unusual. I can go on, but we'll be out of time. You know, we need to learn the songs and have passion for our songs about the Lord the same way we do for even other artists that we like and sing those songs in praise to God. They're our preaching, they're our story. They're when people come to our church or they turn on our radio, they're in the car with us, or they see what's on our iPod. It says a lot what it is that we listen to and what it is that we believe. It's preaching. And when you sing those songs about the Lord, do it loudly. I realize that right now that's maybe extra awkward for you. Maybe you're sitting with uh, people on the couch and uh, you're going how loud should i sing Uh, but you know what the reason we put those words up there on the screen is so that you can and you know your audience isn't the people in the room your audience is the lord just sing to him in a comfortable way and sing to him don't sing to your kids or sing to other people sing to god and invite everybody in the room to sing along with you the best that they know how and if you're not a gifted singer you can't sing on tune You know what, it's between you and the Lord and he's gonna smile and just receive your praise. And that's a great thing. As we finish today, take a moment and remember your audience, that your audience is God with your praise and God alone. And he wants your praise because it completes things. It completes your relationship to him. It's a wonderful thing. Some takeaways, as we wrap it up, we need to be people of praise. We need to praise each other and recognize that people that you know need to be praised. I mentioned earlier, but during this time of coronavirus, people are struggling with isolation, self-doubt, their careers are in question, their entire way of life is in question. There are so many things that people are worried about. Some people are terrified about their health, terrified about their future. Everybody is struggling one way or the other. Some people are dealing with kids all day at home, trying to homeschool, trying to take care of other things. It's a rough time. This is not a time for criticism. This is a time for building each other up, for praising each other. Do that with the people in your household, your oikos. Do this with your neighbors. If you're working, do this with your coworkers. Just tell them, hey, you're doing a great job. Let them know that. Do that with your boss. Do that with your employees. Do that with people at the grocery store. When you see your checker there, thank them. Take an effort to say, hey, thank you for being here. Tell people and praise them. People need it. And also praise God because you need it, you do. You need to praise God. You have a basis of praising God that is that he is your father, that this is a family relationship. Treat it that way and praise him as the good father that he is and then listen and recognize that he loves you and he made you in a unique way and gifted you and created opportunities for you to serve and love other people that he's placed in your life. He's done that in advance, the scriptures say, ready for you And he did that because he trusts you to be able to do good, empowered by his spirit. This is our Lord. Isn't that great? Praise him for that. And lastly, praise God in your prayers. Make an effort to just do that. So often we just go to God and we say, God, thank you for the food. God, thank you for this. And God, please do this and heal this person. We pray for that person. Start off your prayers. And you can do it right here in a second when we're done by praising God. God, God. I praise you for who you are. I praise your name. Thank you for being our father. You can praise God for his love, praise him for his work on the cross for you, praise him for Jesus, praise him for his work in your life even now, praise him for things that you don't even understand that he's doing during this shutdown. Praise him for your church, praise him for every single thing that you can think of. Take the time to do it. Say thank you, it matters. And you're gonna realize my relationship is growing in the Lord because I'm doing that. You praise Him because He alone is worthy. And if you're with people right now, praise Him with others. It's something we're missing tremendously about gathering together. It's so great to be able to praise God together. But you know what, you're probably with people right now, or you can, call them up, praise people on the phone. If you're by yourself, call somebody. Hey, I just wanna call you up and I wanna praise God for you. I wanna praise God for His Son and there's so many things you could do. Do it. Make this your prayer this week. Praise God. Let's pray. God, we praise you. We are so grateful that you are present with us, that we are not alone. That even in our isolation, in our frustration during these times, that we have never been alone, that you have always been with us. God, I pray that every person here is aware of that, that every person watching this is aware of your presence and your love for them. And God, if people are, if you're stirring in their hearts right now, I pray that they would contact us, that they would go to our webpage at gracecitiesdcom slash live stream or go to our church's websites and contact us, ask us questions about who you are. Tell us that, you want, that they want to be followers of Jesus and we'd love to help them do that. And God, for each one of us who are struggling, each one of us who are at different places in this crisis, encourage us and give us wisdom to know what the next step should be And hear us as we praise you as we close out our service here. We thank you, Lord, for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.